AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. The used machinery market has gone past red hot, white hot is a better description of the late 2022 market. NCGA will have a new CEO in 2023. Let's find out what's on the wish list of the outgoing CEO. And if you haven't noticed, it's cold this morning, but it will be even colder on Christmas. Live from the front edge of an impending deep freeze. Via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we begin with Machine and Repeat, Greg Peterson. Then it's John Doggett from the National Corn Growers Association. And right after the news, don't miss the weather update from Kirk Hins from BAM WX. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. And now, welcome your benevolent, beloved host, <laughs> Chip Flory. All right, Davis. Woo-hoo! Yes, man. Well done last week. I showed up and there was a show to do today. So I figure Mm -hmm. things must have just gone like splendidly. Well, splendidly may be a stretch, but they at least went acceptably well to keep us on the air until you got here. And for me, that's mission accomplished. Just just keep it going, you know? (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. Sometimes, you know, this morning when I walked outside, I was like, you know, hey, five degrees is, yeah. Five degrees. That's chilly. No question about it. That's what you we've got going warmed there? Up, well, yeah. we've warmed up to 11 already this morning. Oof. But uh, wow. heading for negative temperatures. We'll get the update from Kirk coming up here in just a little bit. And yeah. wait, until you, wait until we get into the segment with Greg. I've seen some of the things that he wants to talk about this morning. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. These these numbers are just, um, you know, they're, they're really eye-popping. Yeah. And... Um, um, it it fits right in line with what Greg had been talking about earlier this year, that as we get into the end of the year and some of the tax buying gets started yep. and the availability, yeah, the availability is maybe the highest that it's been all, all year, but, be, you know, just because of the number of auctions, but there still isn't enough to satisfy the amount of demand that's out there. So it's a really interesting situation. And then John Doggett, we'll visit with John before yeah. he rides off into retirement here uh, oh, at good. the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Excellent. All right, let's get to the news. What do you got, buddy? Well, Chip, a couple daily sales to start off with today. 132,000 metric tons of beans for delivery to unknown destinations during the 22-23 marketing year. And 141,000 metric tons of corn for delivery to Mexico for 22-23, Chip. Uh, yeah, we'll talk to John about that one for sure, because I wonder if that, uh, you know, are they going to be stocking up on available supplies ahead right. of a potential ban on huh? biotech corn? We'll talk to John about that one. Well, Chip, after last week's FOMC meeting, Fed Chair Jerome Powell remarked, quote, we need to be honest with ourselves that there's inflation. 12-month core inflation is 6% CPI. That's three times our 2% target. Now it's good to see progress, but let's just understand we have a long ways to go to get back to price stability. Powell continued saying, quote, the historical record cautions strongly against prematurely loosening policy 
We will stay the course until the job is done, Powell said. Yeah. Oh, did you do that just, you know, to make me giggle here this morning? I thought you might need Start a chuckle. Start things off? Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. we have to be honest with ourselves that there's inflation. Turns out there's I, inflation, Chip. I don't know. Turns it, out there's it, inflation. I mean, yeah. the farm the farm consumer has known that for months on months on months on months. Mm-hmm. And the average consumer, the general consumer, has known it for months and months. Yeah. It, it's unbelievable. Well, it's nice of the Fed to catch up. Yeah. Russian President Vladimir Putin's visit to Belarus this week is stoking fears of a widening conflict. Belarus's leader has signaled that he is not planning to promise troops to the Russian president. On Sunday, a rocket strike killed at least one person in Russia's Belgorod region near Ukraine, as Russia's defense minister made a rare visit to the Ukrainian war zone where he reportedly inspected troops and their provisions. The Environmental Protection Agency this week is expected to issue its final rule, which would put in place a revised definition of waters of the U.S., the first in its two-step process to replace the navigable waters protection rule put in place by the Trump administration. Hmm. The agency is expected to put a pre-2015 definition of waters in place with adjustments to reflect U.S. Supreme Court rulings. Yeah, there are some. there's another ruling that's expected in early or in the first half of 2023 that I know a lot of people would just assume we wait on before this final rule is implemented. Chip, you alluded to this earlier. We'll get more from John Doggett. But in an effort to avert a potential shutoff of U.S. corn exports to Mexico, a senior-level Mexican delegation told U.S. officials they wanted to ensure self-sufficiency in corn for tortillas. U.S. officials said Mexico presented some potential amendments to its presidential decree against imports of genetically modified corn beginning in January 2024. The U.S. extended its reprieve on tariffs for some goods from China as the Biden administration reviews the need for the duties introduced by former President Trump. The exclusions, which are due to expire at the end of the year, will apply to 352 products and run through September 30. China reported its first COVID-related deaths in weeks on Monday amid rising doubts over whether the official count was capturing the full toll of a disease that is rippling through cities after the government relaxed strict antivirus controls. Yeah, it and looks finally, pretty tough on it, that situation there, Davis. If, uh, yeah. Looking at some of the coverage, hospitals look like they are jam-packed full. Indeed. Well, and finally here quickly, Vietnam is on track this year to bump Britain from its longtime place among the U.S.'s top seven goods trading partners, wow. which would be the first time the U.K. hasn't been in that group in records going back to at least 2004, Chip. All right. Thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Kirk Hands, BAMWX.com. Good morning, Kirk. How are you? Good morning, Chip. I'm well. How are you guys? Doing real fine, real fine. Hey, real quick, how beneficial were the rains in southern Brazil and northern Argentina? Um, I would say, Chip, for for a select few, um, probably going to be more beneficial than not receiving any at all, obviously. Uh, the, yeah. the issue is, is we're going into the next four to five days where those temperatures are going to be climbing back into the 90s, even the 100s, and, and no moisture until our next shot. So it's almost just like we're just enough for some, but for many, you know, 60, 75% of folks, just not enough. Yeah, it really doesn't change the outlook there for those crops much at all is, is the feeling that I'm getting. Okay, the storm that's coming this week, how serious? Where's the bullseye? Yeah, and, and, and that's a great question on the bullseye because the data, in fact, even the, the latest data coming in now is, is still evolving. But I could confidently say, I would say, especially like eastern uh, eastern Nebraska, eastern Kansas, 
I would say portions of Iowa, Missouri, and then especially like Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, uh, Michigan. It's, it's a widespread area. I, I think easily tip four to eight inches in a lot of those areas, double digit snow. That, and then interesting on the back side of this low, especially as we're getting into Friday, those winds are really going to rip across the Great Lakes, maybe even some blizzard-like conditions. So it, it is the real deal pre-Christmas winter storm. That doesn't, boy, you talk about the travel and the, the hassles <laughs> yeah, that come yeah. along with that, Kirk. That's, that's yeah. no good at all. Uh, take us out past the no. storm th- th- yeah. that's coming in this week uh, or this weekend. Temperatures start to warm up a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say we're, we have a we definitely have a cold shot as we're getting into Christmas. And I would say through about the 28th, that's going to be when our coldest of the cold is going to be. After the 28th to 29th, probably honestly through the first week of January, there will be a moderation in there. Uh, quite a bit night and day different in terms of temperatures, actually. And then I think it's probably not going to be into the end of first week of January into that second week, second week where we start to see that cold return. So definitely a moderation after that 28th to 29th good. time frame. Good, good, good. All right, Kirk. Hey, thanks, buddy. Uh, Merry Christmas to you. We'll talk to you again soon. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, Merry Christmas to you guys. All right. BAMWX.com to learn about the weather porthole and to get signed up. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Machine repeat here, folks. This segment of AgriTalk brought to you by our friends at Dakota Ag Innovations, makers of Dakota Shine, the best way I've seen to fix faded paint. Go to dakotashine.com or call 888-996-7801. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad to be back at the desk with the microphone on and ready to go here. Had a great week off, but let's get back to work and... Telling you, this, okay. Let's just get him in here. Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete. Good morning, Greg. Hey, Chip. How you doing? Well, I'm just fine. But there's uh, there are some uh, some uh, previous machinery owners out there that just wrapped up a sale here in the last week or so that are feeling pretty darn good about the price that they got for their equipment. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, Christmas has come early for machinery sellers all across oh. North America, no doubt about it. Unbelievable. Wow. This this is uh this is really impressive and and you know, you talked about it as we got that as we would get into the end of the year, yeah, the volume ramps up, but the demand ramps up right along with the volume and and uh, the results that you're sharing with us today certainly reflect that. Let's get right to the pick of the week. What do you got? 
pick of the week. We got to go Friday, yeah. which Friday, Friday may have been the hottest day I've ever seen on the auction market. It was unbelievable, yeah. Chip. But uh, we got a pick of the week. We got to go to Brilliant, Wisconsin, a tractor that actually folks all across the world had been talking about in advance. It was a 1994 Case H 7210 uh, front wheel assist tractor, only had 382 actual one owner hours on it. This was on the uh, Forest Junction year-end consignment auction. A lot of folks around North America know uh, CA Tesh equipment, uh, you know, just a fantastic outfit over there, great eye for quality equipment. But I mean, here you've got a 29-year-old time machine on the red side and the highest auction price I'd ever seen before Friday chip was 67,000 bucks on a 7210. Okay. And we went 83,000 over that. It sold for $150,000. Folks, if you want to watch it sell, I posted a YouTube, Machine Repeat YouTube video of it on, on Friday. Uh, one of my good buddies was out there at the sale filming it for me and wound up going to a, a well-known machinery guy in New York, uh, Jimmy McFadden. I don't, I don't, I think Jimmy's going to keep it in his collection, but he also sells equipment. So he may, he may look to sell it. Yep. I'm not sure, but 150k. That was uh, that was really something. How does the tractor, when it sets a new record price, go for more than double the previous record? Well, see, that's the thing about auctions. Uh, you know, a lot of folks will say 150k. That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. Machine repeat. I can smile along with you and say, well, I I understand your viewpoint. But the thing about auctions, I've been doing this over 33 years, is I mean, it doesn't matter what you think or I think. Or it's it's the it's the people with the checkbook out. We're deciding together. And obviously, yep. you know, this is a pre-def, pre-tier four. It's simpler. It's, uh, you know, people assume that when a, a, a quadruple premium like this is paid, you know, doubling the record price that it's just going into a museum. And it might be in this case, like I say, I'm not sure, but I've been, you know, like I've said over the yeah. years, 60% of the time it's bought by people to use. So it's just, they look at it like, you know what? And actually, if you listen to the Machine Repeat YouTube video, right at the start, you can hear the auction company say that. They're like, guys, if you're looking to buy a tractor, this horse, okay, you go downtown. What does that cost you new? And yeah. you know how computerized is it? Standing right in front of you is, a, is the 94 model. You guys are yep. all familiar with it. It's a Magnum yep. 7210. It's got 200 or 382 hours, one owner. Yep. Here's your chance today. Well, you know, now you've got 10 people that got to have it. And yep. so. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy didn't get it to 150,000 by himself. No, he did not. He did not. And obviously emotion becomes involved there. There mm-hmm. literally is a one of a contractor. If you don't get it today, you're never going to find another one like it. Right. So it's just, that's how, yeah. how 90,000 turns into 150. And then that's you do amazing. it right now when the market is so red hot and it's this triple magnifier we're seeing every day all over the place. And again, I mentioned Friday was maybe the hottest day ever. So right, right. same day down in Carthage, Illinois, my good friends at Wheeler auction and real estate, were having a big auction, a lot of late model equipment. And, and I think just last week on the show chip, I mentioned that, you know, I'd now seen five tractors sold over 500 K at auction. Well, Friday we saw the first two go over 600. Man. And there was a, a pair of 9620 RXs. The 20 model went for, I think, 610,000. The 19 model for 610. And now, six of the 10 highest auction prices ever on modern tractors, Chip, have all come in the last month. 
and the 10 highest auction prices ever on tractors have all come in the past 12 months. So it's not the pre-duff, pre-tier four stuff like the 7210, that's exploded higher, yes. But people shouldn't miss the fact that the one, two, three, four, five-year-old tractors have also yeah. exploded higher. And that's just yep. the current market. Yeah, yeah. And obviously you can't make the pre-deaf. You can't make those mm -hmm. arguments on these tractors, but you can't argue that they've still got warranty. They still have oh, exactly. That's the whole nut. They still have warranty and also. You know, can I get a new one? What's the delivery time? Yep. My dealer doesn't have a zillion two-year-old one sitting around like they used to five years ago. Here it is today. It's a one-year-old. It's the middle of December. I got money. It's a, it's a write-off. That, that's why I said you November know? 1st. That's why I said yeah. November 1st. Buckle up, folks, because it's going to be yep. wild. And and I, frankly, I was, I, was, I was being understated because yeah. it's wilder than I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's... <laughs> two two on the same auction over six hundred thousand dollars it's amazing um okay same day let's yep. go up to south dakota yeah coleman south dakota my friends jared and chuck chuck's an auctioneer and land broker they had a really nice farm auction and uh very solid combine a five-year-old case ih 8240 1148 engine hours went for 236 uh, but the two tractors really popped, I thought, Chip. They had both 2010 models. So, again, here we go, pre-deaf, pre-tier four. On the green side, they had an 8295R with 1,412 hours on it. That went for 220 That's the third highest auction price ever on a 10-model 8295R. But get this, the five highest prices ever on a 10-model 8295R, they've, they've all come this year. And oh, all since the last day of March. So, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And the same sale, four-wheel drives, we've talked a lot about. They had a 2010 Versatile 535, 1,210 hours. That went for 217. Now get this, that's a record, but it broke a record that was just set November 30th. So, you know, two and a half weeks ago in Alito, Man. Illinois, won an 11 model, brought, brought uh, 188. So this one went 29,000 over the record that was just set three weeks ago. And by the way, before that one, the record was 172 and that stood for over 10 years. Yeah. This is yeah. what I'm talking about that, you know, possession is 11 tenths of the law right now, because yeah. when you find a good used tractor boy, it's yep. just, it's like and, gold. That's Merry Christmas for the sellers. Like you said at the top. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not just the big machine. Some of the smaller tractors are doing well too. Yep. So the next day, Saturday, I posted a YouTube video from Guys Mills, Pennsylvania, a very sharp 2014 Kubota M110GX with a loader. Now it had, it was a nice tractor, but it had 2,440 hours on it, which, you know, good hours for eight years old, but it's not like ridiculously low, mm -hmm. but that brought 58K, which, and again, here, I'm a broken record, but I'm, this is just data people and it's perspective. So 58K is the highest auction price ever on an M110GX. And the previous high in U.S. dollars was out of Ontario five and a half years ago at 52.373, and that one only had 25 hours on it. <laughs> so, I mean, yep. any way you slice that, used tractor values have risen uh, dramatically. Right. right, right. Okay, go just down the road from your home there in Rochester, and uh, you film for the TV show there in, in Spring Valley. 
Yep. Last Tuesday, Spring Valley, we had a great time. Hamilton Auction Company, great retirement sale for Ron and Gary Volt. Super guys. Uh, just fantastic. Great visiting with them. But the highest auction price ever on a field cultivator, I think it was a 21 model, John Deere 2230 FH. It was a big boy, 69 and a half foot, but I think it was 127.5. And I, when we were filming at the show chip, I, I did, I do my little stand-up spot and I, got, I said, guys, it's not just tractors that have exploded higher. Good right. use tillage. So this is not your grandpa's field cultivator. Right. I mean, if you, if you'd have told your grandpa that you'd ever see a used field cultivator, bring 127.5 oh. on a farm auction. Yeah. No way. Grandpa no would have way. said, young man, what are you smoking? Yes. But uh, yep. again, uh, everything's got so expensive on the new side that that pulls up on the value of used, obviously. Yep. Now go to machinerypeat.com for more details on a uh, sale that, that uh, up in Monroe, Wisconsin, but there was yeah. an 806 that sold on that one. Yeah. 28,000 bucks, highest auction price ever, December 10th. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just crazy. Just crazy. Greg. Wow, buddy. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, We will talk again real soon, all right? Yeah, you bet. Merry Christmas, folks. All right. That's Greg Peterson, Machinery Pete, with some really, really astonishing numbers out of the used equipment market. John Doggett, CEO, NCGA, next. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Beach got some pressure on the grain markets here this morning. What's going on? Yeah, so uh, primarily on the uh, the corn and, and soybean markets, Chip. Uh, Argentina, um, some areas got some rains over the weekend, as did southern Brazil, and, and there are more in the uh, forecast for later this week. And, and uh, so that's given us some fundamental pressure in that market. There uh, uh, are those two markets, and, and also in the soy meal market, which is sharply lower. Now, we're seeing quite a bit of spreading action in the uh, soy products with meal sharply lower and, and soy oil trading solidly to the upside but uh um you know that's pretty much it here to kick yeah. off the week uh rains in in south america yep gotcha uh wheat trade doesn't look very active right now no it, you know it's kind of been back and forth and it yeah. traded mixed overnight uh favored the downside at the end of the overnight session and, and favored the downside uh, through much of the morning uh but boy the seller interest just isn't really active yeah. in there gotcha all right uh on friday that lean hog market really shot to the upside what's going on today well it's a pause basically uh so we're seeing mixed price action here at mid-morning and i I think that uh you know the 
the cash index has uh, given us some indications that maybe uh, seasonal low is close, uh, but they don't want to get the uh, the futures too far out in front. Now, February futures went from a discount on Friday uh, to a premium with that big gain, and, and they're backing off just a little bit this morning. Uh, price action is also quiet in the live cattle market, uh, anticipating uh, reduced uh, slaughter schedules the next two weeks yeah. because of uh, Christmas and then New Year's Day. And then uh, the feeder cattle, uh, they're not believing the weakness in the corn market so far this morning. Not at this point. All right, Brian, thanks, buddy. Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Well, that certainly seems appropriate. Welcome back to AgriTalk. Yes, let's bring him in. John Doggett, CEO of the National Corn Growers Association, for a bit longer. John, welcome back. How are you? I am good, Chip. How are you? Well, we're doing just fine, just fine. So what's, what are the details? When does the day come? You know, the, the, the day is going to be here all too soon. Uh, my last day with the National Corn Growers Association after 20-plus years will be December 31st. So we're, wow. we're, we're down to the short rows here. You are. You're short-timing it now, man. There's no question about it. Um We'll 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 get to more of that here in just a moment. But first, let's uh, let's get an update on a couple of things that are going on out there, John. Uh, Mexico, uh, they showed up as a buyer of corn this morning. I wonder if the end users in Mexico over the next two years, ahead of a potential ban on biotech corn imports, are going to get really aggressive in trying to build up a stockpile, John, because this just seems crazy that they would that that Mexico and Obrador would even be considering it. It's it really is crazy. It it's I mean it's bad enough for uh, agriculture in the United States, but you you think about the average uh, Mexican consumer, uh, they're going to get hurt, and they're going to get oh. hurt hard, and and a lot of them can't afford to get hurt hard. This is this is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Uh, do you like the effort that we've seen recently from the administration sending Vilsack, sending uh, trade rep Ty to Mexico for conversations? Uh, uh, the the secretary uh, called me when he was down in Mexico City after he, he met with the, uh, the Mexican president, uh, okay. AMLO. And the secretary was, well, anybody who knows Tom Vilsack knows that he can be a, a fairly straightforward and mm-hmm. uh, there, there, was no, there was no obfuscation whatsoever. He was very clear uh, that he spoke to the president about uh, the fact that if, if this goes south on us, we will bring a, a suit under yeah. USMCA, which is why we did that trade agreement and why it was so important to get it done. Yep. Did the secretary come home with a greater understanding of why the, the proposed ban is even being proposed? 
Well, I think he has a greater understanding of what they were saying, but it doesn't make any sense. So I don't know how you can make, uh, you know, have too much understanding yeah. about something that really is. I, I think the thing that that everybody is realizing is that uh, uh, AMLO is in a box and he doesn't know how to get out of that box. Yeah. All right. All right. Interesting. Interesting. Um, biofuel infrastructure, $500 million in funding. Uh, to build out the biofuels infrastructure program is in the uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act. What does NCGA want to see done with this? Well, you know, we've been working with pump manufacturers now for a, a number of years, trying to make sure that those pumps will uh, be able to handle uh, ever-increasing uh, blends of ethanol. Um, you know, all of the, the major pump manufacturers in the country now are are committed to having pumps that will go 25 to 40 percent ethanol i mean that's a that's a big deal and you put some money behind that uh we're going to have a big 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 change at the fuel uh at the at the gas stations ar- around the country i think this will make a, a big big difference well and it, it, with, with the support of the petroleum industry now for year-round availability of e15 doesn't that kind of expedite this this whole issue on the infrastructure? You know, um, somebody told me that, that, that uh, they had agreed to that and, and I didn't believe them the first four or five times they said that, but right. uh, yeah, that's a great deal. I, uh, the, to have the petroleum industry say, okay, E15 is okay. That is, that's a big, big deal. And uh, certainly a, a something that we've been working on for a long, long time. Seems like that's going to get done. The momentum is there for this, isn't it? Would would appear to me, Chip, that that it's going to happen. Uh, there is a commitment there from uh, API and everybody else involved in this this situation. I think we're going to get there. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, um, fertilizer tariffs. This is one that I know you were very passionate about, John, wanting to get the tariffs reduced. What's the progress? What's the status? You know, we've been stuck on this now for, for quite a while, and uh, we're, we're continuing to push. Um, you know, the tariffs are, are but part of this. There's, there's a, you know, there's, there's the tariffs, and then there's the availability. There's the how much are the, the companies going to go ahead and, and open up uh, the supply chain here. Uh, you know, the, the tariffs are still stuck and we need to get them unstuck and that hopefully will happen in the next few months. Okay. All right. Odds? Odds of that happening? 75-25, yes. Oh, well, that's pretty optimistic outlook there. I like that. Good deal. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I can be optimistic what happens after the first of the year. <laughs> absolutely absolutely let's talk a little bit about that because john i mean i i, I don't want to do a look back there there's so many accomplishments and so many efforts that you have championed uh and and that ncga is championed as um well while you were ceo uh it take we can't go over all of those accomplishments in in a format like this so I'll ask you this: What's your what's on your wish list for NCGA going forward? What do you hope the membership gains from NCGA? 
I hope that the member at the Fork of the Crick, um, that family farm, looks to NCGA as being a leader, looks at NCGA as being a facilitator of discussions, and looks at NCGA as being um, sensitive to what those needs are out there in, in corn, the corn world. Uh, I think we've done a pretty good job at that, and I think we will continue to do that. I'm, I'm, I am very optimistic when I look at the upcoming uh, grower leadership. I look at the upcoming uh, staff leadership. I think we're, we're in a good spot. Outstanding. Outstanding. You know, tackling all of these issues is uh, is really a it, – it's a job that it, it takes a lot of attention, doesn't it, John? Well, it does, but, you know, uh, that's life. And, and uh, we, we've certainly had a good run. We've had a lot of things that have happened in the last uh, four or five years here that have been pretty major. And uh, – you know, we just, we have to take those things one at a time and uh, we've been pretty successful and I'm pretty happy with the way things have, have been. Cool. Cool. As you look back, I am going to ask you to do a little bit of looking back, have to on, on this. Um, what are some of the highlights of the time that you've been at, at uh, NCGA? Well, I have to, you know, we've done uh, uh, five farm bills. Uh, we have uh, had first one and then a second RFS. Um, you know, I think the, the renewable fuel standard uh, took the plywood off of uh, storefronts in, in uh, the central part of the country. Uh, that was really important. It, it built us a floor uh, from which we could, we could uh, uh, move on and take a look at, at the E15 thing that we just talked about. Yeah. That might not have happened without the RFS. So I think the RFS really was one of the major accomplishments of NCGA over the last 20 years. Well, and over the last 20 years in your tenure there at NCGA, it's the, the biofuel development has to be the, the, the biggest story of the last 20 years, right? Oh, absolutely. When I, when I started with NCGA, uh, the, the ethanol industry was, was barely producing a billion gallons of, of ethanol. Um, now we're, we're quite a bit above that. So that's a, a major accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. Outstanding. So, Mr. Doggett, what do you have planned? What's uh, retirement look like for you? Well, I, I won't call it retirement, but, you know, I, I told, okay. uh, told somebody the other day, you know, when you're in your 20s and you don't know what to do, you go, you know, you, uh, you go to uh, get your master's degree. And yeah. when you're in your 60s and you don't know what you're going to do, you go and become a consultant. There you go. There you go. <laughs> you've got, I'll bet you've got some work already lined up and ready to go with that new farm bill coming, right? Well, I've had some discussions with some folks and I, I really, the, the serious discussions will occur after the first of the year, which I think is more appropriate, but yeah, I'm looking for some, some opportunities to, to do some consulting. Uh, I'm looking for some, some additional opportunities to do some uh, volunteer work. Uh, my mom is 92 uh, yeah. in Montana, and I, I'd like to spend more time with her, spend more time at the ranch. Uh, you know, uh, I've got the rest of the family to spend more time with, and I have two granddaughters who probably need to see more of Grandpa John. Yeah. Yeah, that's outstanding. Well, John, 
I got a feeling this is not the the final time that you will be on AgriTalk. We're going to be leaning on you, and like you said, five farm bills under your belt. Uh, with everything that's going on in the year ahead, I'm, I'm sure we'll be in contact. Let's let's not lose each other's numbers, okay? Let's not do that, Chip. I've certainly enjoyed uh, being uh, part of your program over the years, and thanks so much, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, and congratulations on uh, a distinguished career there at NCGA. We really appreciate your work, and, and we'll be in touch. Thanks, John. Thanks, Chip. All right. That is John Doggett. He is the outgoing CEO of the National Corn Growers Association. Davis and I will be right back. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by the Conservation at Work video series. Farmer to Farmer, the Conservation at Work video series features real stories, real successes, real quick. See what's possible at farmers.gov slash conservation. Welcome back to AgriTalk, everybody. Your pal Davis Michelson here. Chip Flory joins at long last. Uh, before he and I chatted up into the end of the hour, let's check in with today's Yields in the Fields. Yields in the Fields on AgriTalk is brought to you by Microessentials from Mosaic, the science of more. Discover our proven products. Text YIELDS to 31313. And we head to Iowa, USA, where today a grower says, quote, time to haul some corn between hedges. Looking for a good basis. I made some good sales. Now we just need to get the new crop figured out. Exclamation point, he puts on there. Yields in the Fields is brought to you by Micro Essentials from Mosaic Hall and Little Corn ahead of some wintry yep. weather, Chip. Yeah, very good. Very good. I think there's probably a few doing that out there, but I think yeah. more are waiting for the flip of the calendar before yeah. they start moving much corn. Dwayne Bussey is going to be on the show with us from Bolt Marketing oh, this afternoon. Yep. And I, I, that's one thing that we need to talk about is is uh, some of the, um, um, you know, the interests or lack thereof right. of moving corn right now. So, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, last week, uh, maybe you recall, you, you weren't around. And so I was no. at the helm behind the big green leafy yes. microphone of AgriTalk. Um, had a great week of coverage some with some help from, from some old friends. Scout the farm dog actually <laughs> Did he show? Popped in. He showed up. Uh, he had a report yeah. for us, and it it reminded me Scouts actually got a cut 
on the AgriTalk Men of Songs Logs of Yule Christmas album. You've you've missed out on a number of these. You mind if yes. I just drop the needle right quick on this? Please do. All right, here we go. Scout the farm dog. I'm a dog and I love outside and chew bones. I prefer rawhide. The fire hydrant is calling my name. Walk me in a winter wonderland. In the meadow we will find a dead bird. And I'm gonna sniff beneath the trees. I can't dig the ground because it's frozen. I might just wrap the leash around your knees. <laughs> On the couch, I'll retire. Maybe chew on daddy's slipper. I'll bark and I'll moan while you're on the phone. Walk me in a winter wonderland. Yeah, yeah. Walk me in a winter wonderland. Scout. Well Scout the done, farm dog Scout. with the Agritalk Men of Song. It's a pretty sweet little Christmas album. Like, there's some Out. good stuff on there. Standing. Yeah. Yeah. Good boy. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? Who's a good I'll, I'll tell him you asked. He'll, that'll that'll keep his little brain busy for a while. Yeah. Who is a good boy? He'll say to himself. Who is no, a good boy? No, after that, he'll say, oh, it's me. It's me. I'm the good boy. <laughs> Sometimes Scout can can think a little highly of himself. It's true. It's true. Um, great to have John Doggett on the yes. on the show today. We hate to see him go, but uh, man, yeah, uh, a well deserved retirement coming up for yep. him. And it sounds like he's not going to be completely without things no. to do. No, I, um, I think he's he's going to he's going to be very busy in uh, the months ahead. There's no question about that. A lot of a lot of uh, farm bill knowledge tied up in that guy's brain that is going to be put to use i'm sure well and this this is subtle someone and i uh, i was having a conversation just the other day about this particular word and Doggett used it the way that real farm i'm using air quotes here real farm folk use this i don't know if that it's a blanket statement or not he used the word crick instead of creek yeah, yeah. he was talking about the members at the fork of the crick in yep. other words, those, uh, some call it what, boots on the ground, yep. the farm folk, whatever, dudes who use the word crick, and those are the kind of dudes that we want in on yeah. the decision-making process, the consultation process. I'm with you on that. Especially if sure. he's going to have hands in the in the upcoming farm bill. That's right. That's right. And, the you know, he'll be, I, I would guess that, They'll be leaning on him for some ideas on how to continue the growth in the biofuels, which gets nope. me to, if I can here real quick, Davis, yeah. a tweet from at Bulls Tony. Okay. He says, when do we address the elephant in the room? Very few E85 vehicles coming into service, reducing mm. the excitement of blender pumps, et cetera. Good point, Tony. Good point. And it is a concern. I mean, there's a limited number of of vehicles that are in the pipeline that are going to be designated as flex fuel, okay? But keep an eye on the Next Generation Fuels Act. There's some, there seems to be some momentum behind 
that legislation as well. And if that next Jan Fuels Act is going to go through, it's going to re- it's going to need the next generation of the uh, of the engine as well. Um, there are there's concern over the timeline of the liquid fuel market. I get that. But it's going to be here for a long time. If we go from a 10% to a 15% blend, that's a heck of a move on a percentage basis. And that is will increase demand going forward. Then, if on top of that, we see even, you know, some participation from the automakers and the engine makers in the next gen fuels where mm-hmm. we're talking about mm-hmm. E30s and maybe E40s. I'm not sure. E30 seems to be the spot where they are really focused on. If we can see that come around, I think there's a, there's interest in that. But Tony does not change the fact that you made a very good point in mm-hmm. in the in the uh, observation that we don't have a whole lot of E85 flex fuel vehicles coming into service. All right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. You got anything else? We only got about 20 seconds. Petrol industry shines on E15 a little bit. He seemed very optimistic there, and I like that as well. Yes. Yes, I did as well. All right. Hey, thanks for listening this morning. It's good to be back here with with the mic on and ready to go. Come back this afternoon. Dwayne Bussey, Bolt Marketing. Tomorrow morning, we're going to talk with Kentucky Ag Secretary Ryan Quarles.